Happy New Year, and we're going to try this again. I'm back on the uh, the regular studio setup here. It looks like my mobile setup still has some work to do. I tested it several times yesterday and a couple this morning, but uh, obviously I missed something. So we will uh, we'll continue working on that. I think we've got the team here from Pittsburgh Power. Phone lines are open, so jump in and join us, 855 855- Nine five zero three eight three five. Bruce, good morning and happy New Year. Well, same to you, Kevin, and let's um, oh boy, all work together to make it a great it year. Stops working. Let me try this. Bruce, good morning. Good morning, Kevin. There we go. Now I just figured out what was wrong with the last setup, but I'm not going to go back to it. <laughs> We'll save that for we'll save it for tomorrow. I, I just figured out what the problem was. Um, Happy New Year. Well, same to you. And uh, let's hope we can make it a good New Year. Yeah, it uh, it looks like twenty twenty four going on in the world, but yeah, uh, could we be can't give up. No, I uh, I there was this girl speaking. I don't know if it was on television or on the computer and. She was studying uh, what makes people successful, and it wasn't your nationality, and it wasn't where you were raised, and it wasn't your parents. It wasn't where you went to school. It wasn't the amount of education, but it was a four-letter word, and it was the more you have, the more successful you'll be, and the word was grit. Grit. That's a good word. Grit. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. In other words, it's called never give up, right? Yeah. Yeah. They make every day count and, and do something positive every day. Uh, as I get older, I'll be 75 in February. I'm, I'm learning to slow things down, and I'm telling myself it's okay not to do as much as you normally do per day, but I still have to accomplish a few things. And. I think that's part of that grit that's inside of you, or it's just wanting to make things happen. So I want to also say February 21st is our owner-operator snowmobile conference at the Gateway Inn in Grand Lake, Colorado, and Joe Docheff will be our keynote speaker. He's an owner-operator. He's an excavator, a mechanic, a concrete guy. And he's going to talk about the guy that took the bulldozer and made it a tank and tried to destroy destroy Granby, Colorado. This was probably, what, 25, 30 years ago. And uh, this guy was upset because Joe was building a new concrete plant. And he had a muffler shop, and he wanted to do something with his building, and the town said no. So he decided he was going to level the town. Oh, boy. So I remember that. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting talk. Yeah, it should be. All right. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. And this past this past weekend, I went over at ADS. That's where I buy my snowmobiles in Ogden, Utah. And my friend Mike Lane and Jim Burt are there. And I picked up my new, this is to celebrate my birthday, right? My new 850 Skidoo Turbo. And they programmed it before I even wrote it. And made this thing quick. <laughs> <laughs> if you're leaning into a turn and one hand's not a handlebar and you start to squeeze the throttle, the G-force, you can't get your body forward to grab the handlebar. <laughs> and then there was this, we had to search hard to find some powder, but we 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 found something in this short, steep hill. Twice I had it standing straight up on its tail, and if I wouldn't have let up, it would have came over. And, and I was only about half throttle. I'm anxious to see what it'll do at wide open throttle. But on the way over and back, going across Interstate 80 with my 2016 Ram 3500 single wheel, pulling the 27-foot box trailer, I noticed on Interstate 80, the average speed for trucks was down 10 mile an hour compared to what it was when diesel fuel was $2 a gallon. I never came across in in two days of driving uh, anybody running 80 on 80, even though the speed limit's 80. Yeah. Go ahead. On the way way back, it was early Sunday morning. It was still dark, and I was out of Ogden. You come south on 15, and then you take 84, and it joins into 80. And where 84 joins into 80, it's 
my guess was it's about 30 miles up. I'm sure somebody that runs that ride could uh, call in and tell us exactly what it is. But being there was no traffic, I was playing with, it's a six-speed automatic, so fifth and sixth are overdrive, and fourth is my direct gear. And the difference in turbo boost between the three gears going from double over to direct pulling the grade was half the amount of boost yeah big difference now now i in direct i'm at about 54 55 miles an hour and in the double over i'm up at 74 75 so there's a huge difference in speed there but the instant readout on the fuel mileage and we don't know how accurate that is, but at least it's a number, right? It's a reference number. I was able to double the fuel mileage being in direct gear. Yeah. So, and normally when there's half traffic, I can't get to do that. But then once I got to the top of that 30-mile pool, it's a slight downhill grade coming east. I was playing with turbo boost, speed, and fuel mileage. And this is what I found interesting. At 80 miles an hour, at eight pound of boost, I was at 18 miles per gallon. If I slowed down to 75, I dropped to 15 miles per gallon. Hmm. Not using over eight pound of boost. Now, if I brought it way down to two and three and four pound of boost, the fuel mileage was way up. Yeah. Huh. However, so what it, what it said to me was, if you can keep your speed up and not be using turbo boost, you're going to get great fuel mileage. The trick is, how are you going to go 70, 75, or 80 if you want to do the speed limit there and keep the boost under five, which is going to be virtually impossible right right you know in fact the difference between the three mile per gallon between 75 and 80 is because the fact that 80 you're covering more territory with the same amount of power you know one of the things we've seen and i i just experienced this with the coach coming back uh, the more fuel efficient we build these trucks when we focus on everything the rolling resistance the mechanical resistance the aerodynamic drag the more fuel efficient you get them, and we've always focused on, you know, slower speeds because speed is a big factor. But the more free you get that vehicle to run, the smaller the difference becomes as you try to go faster. So like Henry, for example, um, did a huge test where he ran, you know, 70 plus and his fuel economy went down from what he was used to, but it didn't go down as much as you would have expected. The more efficient you build that truck, the smaller that gain keeps happening as you go faster. Because my coach has almost nothing as far as efficiency goes, it was the opposite. When I was running 75 and occasionally I would try to do 80, but the f I, I was down in the threes at some point. It got so bad. Wow. It, it's just, it was yeah. horrible, but that's also that, that big, deep, you know, overdrive, that transmission is so inefficient and right. it was just, I, it, I could almost double my fuel economy if I would slow down. That's how bad it was. Okay. So what I noticed was on the slight uphill grades, I was way down on the fuel mileage, like four and five with speed. But if I slowed it down, I could get that fuel mileage up to 12 and 13 with this trailer. But I couldn't do it with speed. But it was kind of interesting whenever you're coming down through a dip and you're going up the other side and you hit it at 80. Boy, that momentum will carry you quite a ways. So, head, hey, heading, uh, heading west, I was talking to um, Al Hemerson. In fact, I called Al, and by the time we got finished talking, I had gone 100 miles. It was amazing how fast that 100 miles went, having good conversation with my friend. And I told him, he told me I was in the Three Sisters. I said, well, you know, Marilyn Monroe, you remember that picture of her standing over the grate and the wind's blowing her skirt up? Yeah. Did I lose you? No, go ahead. 
Well, that's, I went over the sisters so fast I blew their skirts up. So <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I was just having fun knowing I'm chewing the tires off because the first set only lasted 12,000 miles, so I'm trying to take it easy. Anyway, let's talk about when you're talking about the Volvo engine, you're saying about the piston rubbing the liner. The 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 Tell side me how, how you're phrasing that the side load on the piston when when you compare the the stroke and the connecting rod to say the ISX which is or the Packard which is almost the opposite the the angle you're creating on the connecting rod the more angle you create the more you're side loading that piston against the cylinder and creating more drag and more wear. But it's the drag we're initially concerned about. It's just more friction. As that angle gets steeper, you're pulling that piston against the side of the cylinder. All right, so the 12.7 and the the D13 Volvo are almost the same stroke and almost the same bore. The Volvo's 5.16 with a 6.22 stroke, and the 12.7 is a 5.12 bore with a 6.3 stroke. So the 12.7 actually has a slightly longer stroke, but not even it's not even a tenth of an inch. But I was talking to Pete. I said, you know, Pete, of all the engines we've tore apart in 47 years. Now we're 48, it's our 48th year now. Um, we don't see the piston wear from side to side or the liner wear. It's always front to back. And you, you wonder if it's rotating, let's say it's rotating north and south, and the engine's facing east and west. The wear on the liner is east and west not north and south. And you would think as that piston, that, that crank's going around and that rod's going around, that piston would be forced against that liner, but it's not. So I just found that to be pretty unusual. Hmm. But I'm going to have a, some more research for next week. Okay. Next Sounds week good. or the week after. On All right. That, so. All right. That's that's what I have. All right. Let's uh, Let's see if we've got Pete and Leroy there. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Kevin. How are you today? Doing wonderful. What uh, What's on your mind as we start the new year? I don't have much today other than um, the shop's opening up. So if a guy needs in, we're finally getting caught up where we can bring uh, not only small jobs in, but bigger jobs as well. So anyone that's listening that needs to make an appointment, we can get you in pretty quickly. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. So that's, that's it for me today. Ah, Okay. Uh, Big chatterbox today. Yeah, sheesh. We'll be done early today. Hey, speaking of which, I'm not sure what's going on. We don't have any calls, and that always worries me if there's something going wrong with our phone system. or uh, So phone lines are open. We're going to be getting to your calls here shortly. If you've got any, pick up the phone and join us, 855-950-3835. Leroy, good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What's on your mind today? Well, I was running around like crazy today. I mean, it seems like the, the the pickup has happened after the New Year. There's a little bit of a lull during the holidays. We don't get a lot of trucks in, which is great. But then as soon as the New Year breaks, we, we get a whole bunch. And one of the ones we had today was, I think it's a 2017 Mac with a Mac MP8 engine in it. And a local concrete company, Thrower, uh, dropped it off, and they want to know how they can get the five-mile-an-hour D-rates thing off the screen. So we looked at the check engine lights. You know, that's always the first thing to do, no check engine lights. But I went to do one of the tests, and it was like, I can't do the test because it's 30 degrees outside. I was like, well, I mean, the truck's cold from sitting outside, but all right, I'll let it sit by sit in the shop for, you know, 20 minutes, 30, 20, 30 minutes and see if it warms up. And I come back a half hour later and it still says it's 30 degrees outside. <laughs> so probably a good indication of what's going on when the, uh, when the test doesn't even run because it's too cold. So I will have to give it to Volvo Diagnostics that uh, it, it was actually pretty helpful. It found the issue pretty quick. So 
Oh, good. That's the that's the only fun story I have so far. It's not fixed yet, but that's what I found before I got on the show. Got it. We're getting there. What else you got? Not a whole lot. I mean, like I said, the shop's been kind of slow during the holiday, so not a lot to report. You know, I, I think we're all feeling a little slow. I took a week off of the show. I took a week off everything. No technology didn't open my laptop the whole week. I don't even really think I used my phone for anything other than a call here or there, and not too many of those. Um, I, I'm feeling like it's kind of a slow start today. I think that this yeah. week's going to be kind of just getting back into the swing of things. Did you see the the Cummins thing, the the Cummins fine or whatever? Oh yeah, what one point six billion dollars for Woo-hoo. for emissions violations? I I didn't read the whole article because when I started reading it, it sounded like it was mostly pickup truck engines. It was. It was the pickups, and Cummins is not admitting guilt, but they're paying a the fine. Yeah, <laughs> you Which know, fight it. That that yeah, seems to be. A pattern in our government, because I went through this for a couple of decades with FedEx. Um, the IRS would come after them and say, those guys aren't independent contractors, they're employees. Well, if that's the case, the ultimate result should have been that the whole system gets changed and they become employees. But that never happened. The FedEx would just pay some big fine and nothing would change. They would just go on doing what they do all the time. They would pay some big fine to the IRS, and the IRS would go away for a while. It feels like this is a pretty big fine. This isn't a parking ticket. It, oh, it has a B. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, here's my take on it. Cummins is the only manufacturer of diesel engines for on-highway trucks that's American-owned. When our federal government wants more money, who do they go after? 53% of the population get their paycheck through the government through our taxes. So you can't go after them. You have to go after the 47% of which is people that work for a company that's not government owned or that are self-employed. And it's just another slap. Yeah. Back in 1975, when I was with Loftus Engineering and we built plate mill and strip mill slab furnaces, and we used a lot of castings. And in the tri-state area, we had a lot of foundries, and they made the parts for us. But the uh, they used coal to make the heat to make the cast iron. Uh, they all got shut down within a two-year period, and some of them employed two and three hundred people. And the government just came in and said, you have X amount of days to convert to electric furnaces. And the people did the study and said, we can't afford to do that. And the government just shut them down. And that's our government's answer. Shut it down. So you're going to shut down so many businesses every year. You're not going to have any tax income. Why do you, what's it called? Slapping the hand that feeds you? Yeah. Well, biting the hand, but same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't understand the mentality of all these politicians with all their degrees in law that never really worked for a manufacturing facility or somebody that takes a raw material and does something with it. They, they've never done that. And yet it, it's just a slap after slap after slap to American business. And you wonder why they're going to Mexico and Singapore and China and everywhere else. I don't disagree. Look what they look what they did to Caterpillar over the SDP. Caterpillar should back then have taken the six NZ and put the uh, full emissions on like everybody else did, but they didn't, and now we don't have the the Caterpillar engine. Well, you know, if you if you think about this whole emissions thing, was it it was Volkswagen, wasn't it, that got hit? with a bunch of fines for their vehicle emissions on the cars. I mean, we've been yeah. through this so many times. The, the first round of emissions, the EGR ACERT era, that got bumped up because they, they, the government said the manufacturers were cheating on their emissions reports leading up to that. That was what started a lot of our problems. They, the government forced the manufacturers to meet those guidelines earlier than what they were supposed to. And everybody had to rush everything. And it seems like we, we've never caught up since. So if you're an engineer on the OEM level and they say, you are going to build us 14 mile of the gallon trucks. 
across the board, 14 miles a gallon, and you have two years to do it. Well, we know that's impossible. But when you're a politician, they think everything's possible because they never had to do it. Yeah. And that's one of our problems. We don't have business leaders leading this country. We have lawyers. Yeah, you know, it, we we could talk about this all day. The, it, the simple fix for this, there, there's a couple ways you could fix this pretty easy. You know, one of the things, clearly term limits. I mean, that, that's, that just seems like it has to happen. Sure. The problem is all the things that you need to vote in to improve the government have to be voted on by people who don't want that to change. That's right. That's exactly right. Let's go back to the Volkswagen thing. Do you ever see that engine got basically 47 miles a gallon? Hey. Did you ever see the size of the tailpipe? Yeah. yeah. It was about an inch and a half in diameter. Bruce, you, you, you know what? Saw I... sm- you never saw smoke pouring out of there. And, it... and how much could that little engine at 47 miles a gallon actually pollute? Bruce, I... Well, you know, that's the thing. They, they made it out like, oh, this pollutes so bad, it's X percentage, but it's X percentage on an engine that's almost near zero emissions to begin with. Right, right. Pete, I think you and I have talked about this. I, I remember having a Volkswagen Rabbit. It would have been like 1979 or 80. I was almost a senior in high school. That thing on the highway, if you drove it, the speed limit was 55 back then. If you drove 55 to 60... That and it had a five speed if you shifted it right. Did all the things we talk about driving a truck now. I was doing that back then. 55 miles to the gallon on the highway. Yep, I had an 82 diesel rabbit that would do that. I mean, that, the worst fuel mileage I got was like 36. And that's like it, in the winter when I didn't shut it off and it right, ran all the time. Right. I, I, I had one of those diesel gate TDIs and it would get 47 on a bad day. Yeah. I, would all, I was always getting 50, 60 miles per gallon. I, like everywhere, all the time. How is that possible that we were getting 55 miles to the gallon in 1980 and we really don't have any production cars that do that right now? Yeah, because, well, of, because of the slapping of the government. Yeah. And it's just not right that they do that. And as we get older, we see it more and more and more. Young people don't realize that because they don't have that past experience. But the older you get and you reflect back on on the past and you just look at it and it, it just continues. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got some calls. So I think uh, by, by, oh, the way, go ahead. by the way, my 2016 Dodge Ram in my garage it can idle in that garage for a half hour, and you can't smell it. You can put your nose in that exhaust pipe. I do run the max mileage catalyst in it, but prior to the catalyst, it was still clean. Yeah. And I don't know what they're talking about pollution coming out of there because that thing is cleaner than my 2018 uh, six-cylinder supercharged yeah. Volvo. I'm not Volvo. Uh, Audi. Audi. Uh, the Q7. The, the Audi will smell up the garage where the diesel does not. Yeah. Crazy. All right. We're Mm -hmm. going to get to some phone calls. We're going to get started in Chicago land. John, good morning. Uh, Hey, Kevin. Um, Hi, guys there. I was just calling to test the phone lines because you said they weren't. (laughs) No phone calls. I was was a little worried. Yeah. I have a uh, parts truck that I have. And it has 280 gears. I'm wondering what that would do speed-wise on an N14 with a 13-speed double over. Uh, that's got 280 gears. Never heard of the 280, but the 264. Uh, might, might be a 279. Okay. but I'm going to tell you on it. I don't have figures on that, but let me give it to you on the 264. 264, what speed do you want to go? Uh, 60, 62. Okay, 62, you're 1390 in direct. So you're going to probably be at about 1420 if that's a 280 or 279, which is going to be perfect okay. for you. I would put those in in a heartbeat. Okay. That's just kind of what I was wondering, trying to figure out. So, yeah, Ed, thank you very much for the information. I just not very good with those. 
calculating those numbers. So thank you very much. Thanks. Have a nice day. I'm glad the phone's working. All right. If you put those in, put those in, verify exactly what the ratio is, and then call us and give me some speeds and RPMs because I don't have them for that one. Okay. I will do that. With I, it's going to be a while, but I'll get it done. All right. Sounds good. Phone lines are open. They are working. If you want to join us, it is a power hour, 855-950-3835. Let's go to Indiana. John, welcome. Hi. Hey, this ain't my question, but I'd like to touch on that um, Cummins uh, fine or whatever. I had sounds like it's the same thing that did happen to Volkswagen, and I had bought a Volkswagen. It was either a Jetta or Passat, like a year before that, before that happened. I only paid like $4,000 for the car, and it was a great car, and it got really good fuel economy, like what you're talking about. Uh, but Volkswagen had to buy that back from me, and they gave me 8500 bucks for it <laughs> when I only paid four grand for it and drove it for a year. It was a good deal for me. <clears throat> You know, I I, I want to go back to the number uh, that Cummins paid. We get so used to these big numbers, we don't even stop to think. So one billion dollars is so much. That that is such a big number. People can't even get their head around it. And then when we say one point six, okay, you think oh, it's not that big of a difference. It is a huge difference. Yeah, another more than half a billion more. I mean, these numbers are getting so big, we can't even comprehend them anymore. It doesn't even make sense. If they were cheating, this is all we do. We just find them. It's the same thing we do with the pharmaceutical companies. I watch commercials all day long, and I see drugs, one drug, being advertised for multiple different diseases that that's illegal they've only tested that drug for one disease they're only allowed to advertise that drug as being used for that disease that they tested it for doctors are allowed to prescribe it to anybody they want but they can't advertise it for something it hasn't gone through the whole fda process for if that's the case how come you see all these commercials because the pharmaceutical companies know the game They'll pay the fines because they'll pay a lot less in fines than than the amount of money they'll make by advertising these drugs illegally. So we just allow them to keep doing it. We just fine them. Seems like a horrible system. I own a 2020 Ram with a high-output diesel in it now, and that's possibly one of the vehicles that are affected. So I'm wondering... You know, if the thing, same thing's going to happen to Ram is what happened to Volkswagen, where they're going to have to either buy these trucks back or fix them and then compensate uh, the owner because of the decrease in torque and horsepower. Ah, what a mess. Yeah, it's just, it's just going to be a program. And um, if you're happy with the way yours runs, like I love the way mine runs. So the chances of me taking it in and getting it changed are pretty slim. And... When you think of these fines to American companies, who do you think ends up paying them? We do, of course. We do. It has to come out of the profit. Right. So the cost of everything has to go up. I mean, Volkswagen is the largest producer in the world of cars. It's Volkswagen, Audi, Bentley. Do they buy Lamborghini? (laughs) It's hard to keep track anymore. God, they they own so many. But when you go and buy an OEM air filter or an oil filter and you see the price of that compared to what you pay for an american car air filter oil filter it's like four times the money yeah that's crazy because we're paying for that fine so a lot of people think well that they deserve to be fined like that no no they don't deserve to be fined like that and you're paying for it yep so yep uh, but anyway um like i was saying i own that i own a 2020 ram and Kevin, I, I thought at one point you had mentioned that you had pulled a fifth wheel around with a Class Eight uh, tractor. Yeah, for several years. Uh, built, you, um, if I remember right, between Bruce, I used your truck when we first bought it, your Kenworth. Mm-hmm. And I think over the couple of years, we built four different gliders. Pull that three or four. Yeah, so we we built quite a few to do that. 
Well, um, we pull a 45-foot fifth-wheel toy hauler now, but it's within the capabilities of my one-ton. Um, but we're wanting to upgrade to, like, a DRV or a Lux, and it's going to out, you know, those uh, trailers are going to be heavier than right. what's safe, I think, for that one-ton to pull. And to go to a 4,500 or 5,500, you know, is $80,000 for a cabin chassis. <clears throat> um, so I was looking at a Class 8 tractor which you can get for half the money, if not less. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you don't have to convince me, you know, that the tractor is obviously going to pull the fifth wheel like it's not there because I own a semi-truck now for my business. Right. Um, but what I'm worried about is um, the length that, you, that you're going to be and getting in and out of these parks. Um, did you encounter difficulties? Yeah, With so it, it, and we spent a lot of time in parks because when we were when we were on the road and we were on full time uh, for about two and a half years, and we would park in a lot of RV parks so that we could work and we had power and we had everything we needed. So I was, I remember right, the longest tractor we built was when we stretched the frame so we could put the smart car up on the back of the tractor behind the sleeper. We had ramps, and I would drive the smart car up behind the sleeper. So we had to stretch it a little bit then. I think we were like 78 feet total. And there were a couple times where I I struggled to get into places, but not enough that I I would do it again. I mean, I would easily do it again. It was a great setup. Having the smart car up there like that, the whole whole setup was really convenient. Uh, We still had room in the garage for a couple ATVs and... um, yeah, every once in a while, you'd really struggle to get in place, right? Have to find a different spot, but it wasn't that big of a deal. So, did you have did you have the bed where you had all the storage on the, around the outside, um, where you see these uh, yeah. nice conversions? Yep. Yeah. Like, did you did you build that storage on there, or I mean, did you have it built, or did maybe you? Well, like yourself? I said, I the, know, but... the 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 Volvo the first. No, it wouldn't have been the first. One of the tractors I had, actually, it was towards the end of the time we were on the road. I bought that 99 Volvo single axle that had already been converted to pull RVs, and they had put a body on it. Um, One of the gliders we took in um, converted it from a tandem axle to a single axle and then built a body on it. So, yeah, I I did it a couple different ways. John Anderson and I... John Anderson and I built the body on my T600 Kenworth, and we we built a boom on it so that we could haul the Harley Davidson up on there, and we had wraparound toolboxes. Yeah, there you go. Because that's what we want to look at is is doing that style. Um, I was kind of curious too, like roughly how much something like that costs to put on a Class Eight tractor. Um, um, I can give you a rough idea if you're going to pay a shop to do it. You're looking at about a minimum of 15 to 20 grand 15 to 20 did you winch your smart car up there onto yeah. the so in, it, it, in the beginning i i bought a set of ramps and they were fairly short because you got to be able to store them somewhere too so it was a really steep uphill to get that thing up and my smart car had a centrifugal clutch that that smart car was the German version built by Mercedes, and it had a five or six speed automated manual, just like we have in trucks. So it was a manual transmission, but the computer shifted it like an automatic and it used a centrifugal clutch. So trying to get up that ramp, you'd have to hold your foot on the brake, give it lots of throttle to get the centrifugal clutch to engage, and then use the brake almost like a clutch to ease your way up. And it was challenging to get that thing up and not overshoot it to the other side. So um, after a, a couple weeks of attempting that, I put a winch on it. And then I would, I would use the winch to assist. I would hook the winch up and I had a remote in my hand. And I would drive it up with the engine and the winch. Okay. Now, um, there there, so there used up. to be a company in Arizona that made a really cool loading system for a smart car on the back of a truck like this. 
it was a platform and you actually drove the smart car onto the platform and it was all 12 volt electric and hydraulic and it would lift the whole platform up onto the back of the truck. Ah, okay. But you don't, uh, over the years, <clears throat> you didn't run into a whole bunch of problems saying, oh man, I wish we could go there, but we can, or I wish no. we could go here, but we can. No, I, I, it was never enough of a pre Every once in a while, like I said, I might have to check two or three RV parks in an area before I'd find some place. The, the one place you can almost always count on to have big, long spaces, and they're everywhere, is KOA. I mean, you can almost always find a, a spot in a KOA somewhere for a big, long setup like that. Okay. And then I'm interested in definitely trying to find a Volvo. Um, I mean, I would go with something else if I found a great deal. But um, how far back, I know you've talked about this too, I can't remember. Like, how far back is, like, 2013 or 2014 is about as old as it should go because of the emission stuff? Well, I, if I were doing this again, I'd be looking for late 90s. Yeah, see, I want, I want an automatic. and. Oh, Okay. Well, yeah, then, then, then um, I would, I, I, I would avoid everything from like '04 to 2014. Yeah, just skip that decade. So, 2015 and above, then. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Now, also, okay, here's another thing to keep in mind. You know, we we talk about emissions problems and issues and those kind of things with the Class A trucks, but you're also putting 110,000 miles a year on those. You're gonna, everything is going to happen faster. You're going to have emissions problems sooner just because you're putting so many more miles on them. You're probably not going to put 110,000 miles on this in 10 years. Right. So you don't have to be that picky. That's why – now I know you want to uh, – you could find some automated manuals in the early 2000s, 01, 02, 03, right before emissions. Uh, so you, you might want to still go back and look at those. You could pick those things up so cheap and they'll last forever. Are you talking uh, like the three, the three pedal? No, that, no, I had a two pedal in 01. I had a, a fully automated oh, okay. with the centrifugal clutch in 01. That was a, uh, that a Volvo? I think that was a Freightliner. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna. We're gonna start looking. So, I know the prices of trucks have come way down. Uh, class eight trucks, so uh, used ones. So when I started looking at it the other day, I was seeing you know thirty and forty thousand dollars for a decent looking uh, D uh, D thirteen with the I shift. Got it. Um, and uh, like I said, man, I you know I I really do like those forty five hundred and fifty five hundred Rams, but the prices of them are just outrageous. They're just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, just for the cabin chassis, and that's not still putting a bet on it. Um, so you'd be in the hundred thousand dollar range with one of those things. Isn't the fully dressed out King Ranch Ford pickup now up over a hundred grand with a ten speed automatic? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. very good, fellas. You all have a happy new year, and you help me uh, give me give myself some more food for thought. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Oklahoma. Paul. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. So, if you if you go back, if you go back to that Volkswagen emission scandal. A lot of those cars they ended up getting it exported to other countries. So all it did was hurt, hurt the American consumer and worked out to be a bargain for other countries. Because they didn't stick them in the crusher. They exported most of them. And uh, Did you did you haul them, Paul? No, but uh, there was various places around the country where they were stockpiling them. In Chattanooga, yeah. at the Volkswagen plant was one of them. And guys would come yeah. in there and they'd load up and they'd take them down to Florida. And they stick them on a boat, and away they go. That's right. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, speaking of emissions, if you if you move to South America and you can buy a brand new truck, it doesn't have emissions on it. Well, I, I spent a lot of time down there, Brownsville, McAllen, far down that way, going down there, and uh, you see a lot of different um, four wheel vehicles down there, 
more like what you see in, in New Zealand. Um, the, they're badge different. They look slightly different because they're built, probably built in the Asian market or maybe they're built in Mexico. I don't know. For the, but uh, you see different, different badged Hyundais, Toyotas, Nissans than what we have here. So I imagine it's quite... But they come across the border and drive in this country, so just government stupid crap. Yeah. You know, speaking about the differences in vehicles and countries and regulations, this one always, I, I still can't get my head around this, that the smart car I was talking about, mine was built in Germany by Mercedes, and then a company imported it into Canada first, then brought it, it, this company managed parking garages in the Pacific Northwest. So they had some in Vancouver, Canada, and then they had some in Seattle uh, in the U.S. And they bought these smart cars from Germany, brought them over, had to modify them for the Canadian rules, but then they had to modify them for the U.S. rules. For, and the one I bought was used in Seattle in a parking garage. I ran, I, I was in an RV park um, when I owned that thing and a guy was walking by and he walked over and he said, that's the German version of the smart car. And I said, yeah, how'd you know? And he said, I worked for a company in California and we did the modifications to make those legal. He said, I worked on your car. I'm positive I did. We were the only company that did it. And I said, oh, that's interesting. And he said, you're never going to guess how many things we had to change to make that car legal in the U.S. Anybody want to take a guess how many items had to be modified? Pretty much. Ten. <laughs> Over 1,800. <laughs> <laughs> he told me there were over 1,800 modifications to that vehicle. I thought, how's that even possible? How can they afford that? Here's that. one of the crazy ones. The whole top of that smart car was glass when it was sold in Germany or Canada. In the U.S., they took and they glued upholstery into the top. I had no idea the top was glass. And I was doing something on the top of it one time, and I'm looking down, and I'm like, wait a minute, the whole top of this car is glass. I got in there and tore all that stuff out of there, and it was like a, almost like a full sunroof on the top. It was a, a glass top. But in the U.S., they had yeah. to cover it all with, with upholstery for some reason. More stupid shit. Yeah. So, and then, then the, the Cummins with their emission fines. Well, since I heard about that last week or the week before, whenever it was, the amount of ads I see pop up on Facebook aims particularly at the pickup truck market, but Cummins pickup, you know, Ram, Ford, Power Stroke, Duramax, people just advertising delete emissions kit, delete your EGR, delete your <laughs> DEF. And the amount of ads that have been coming up, and it's like, God, it, it's just it's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But, but uh, hey, Paul, I saw, I saw how many cars you hauled last year, what, 1,123? 1,121. 1,121, that's... Yeah, not bad. I had a... It was it was well worth me buying reinvesting in my new high side trailer. So I did 115 loads total, which is not a lot compared to some guys. But I had 90 loads that were 10 unit loads, and I delivered 800. And, well, once I finish unload, I'm de delivering it today, because I had two places that weren't open yesterday. Um, 807 Jeeps I delivered, Jeep, Dodge, Alfa Romeo. I just put them all in one, same manufacturer. So 807 out of 1,121 were the Chrysler product. So it's been a big part of my business this year. So, Sounds like uh, it. Yeah. That's good. So, but I, I, have, I, have an air leak. I have an air leak on my tractor at the air dryer. Well, I haven't changed the the cartridge since November last year, but I just went and bought a new cartridge. I'm going to slap that on. I'm hopeful that maybe I just got some crap in there and putting a new cartridge on may help, may help it because it, it sort of bleeds off all day long at the moment, and then you hear it, it'll pop off, and then it stops. And then just a few minutes later, it'll start leaking again. I'm thinking maybe the cartridge just gummed up.
hopefully they'll fix it. Maybe. Do you have any knowledge on that air dryer? No, unfortunately, I don't. It's kind of out of my wheelhouse there. I don't know. Mm. Don't, don't see too much problem, fortunately. It'll either work or it won't. There you go. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll tip some a little bit of alcohol on that, see if that flushes anything out, maybe. So, help. All right, what else That's you got? That's all I got today. All right. That's it. We will talk That's to you soon. Let's uh, let's go to Florida. Tom, welcome. Yeah, hi guys. Well, um, Happy New Year. Happy uh, New Year. Speaking of Lee, thanks. I'm in uh, in Florida Panhandle, and then last night, speaking of Paul's talking about Lee, air leak, but there's a guy that coming with a, a new rebuilt ISX that was hauling ten cars on there, and uh, he uh, he had a, a fuel leak onto his truck when he when he backed in. He, uh, it was smoking, and it looked like where he had made a run at backing in, like somebody had just poured out a cup of water. I'm going through an inspection station. I might have to say, oh, no, didn't have to say anything. Um, and I thought, my God, man, that thing is, you know, I, at the point where, where your diesel fuel is smoking, that's, uh, you're not too far from flashing that stuff over you know and uh anyway he uh that early reminded me of that <clears throat> um bruce are you guys working on more volvos now is that what i'm sort of getting from this um this morning that's more of a pete question pete and leroy well so we're Le- not working on them, um other than some programming so right now that's oh, all work okay. programming of them i work on whatever pete brings me <laughs> Yeah, we don't right. have. I mean, it's tough to get parts for them. Um, they won't sell us the tools because we're not a dealer. So right now, we're really not working on them other than programming. Really, they won't even sell you the tools because you're not a dealer. Correct. And is there is there um, is there any way to become like a um, what, well what about a Volvo um, <clears throat> uh, shops uh, that aren't dealers? How do they get their tools, or are there none? I don't think there's any independent ones. Unlike Cummins and Detroit and Cat, there's a lot of independent shops. And, you know, tools, um, there's a couple companies that make really good quality tools that are engine specific, you know, to put a seal in or take a seal out or install a liner or an injector. They make quality tools from, there's no one making them for Mercedes and Volvo. And I know we had a Volvo or Mercedes we brought in a shop, MB4000. Um, and we needed a tool to pull the injector to install it. I can't remember what it was, but basically our dealership said, hey, you buy parts from us, we'll lend it to you this time, but don't ask a second time. Wow, isn't that crazy? What, yeah, anyway, it, what do you think? Because more people... Go ahead. Anyway, just keep the work for themselves, for the dealership said. Yeah, yeah, well, but I mean, but more people, it scares people off when, you know, when you're going all 48, lower 48, and... Uh, you know, you can get these straight liners worked on anywhere, um, as opposed to uh, a Volvo. And we know how the how the uh, dealers are doing nowadays. You know, just throwing parts at things. So just to find a good independent dealer, I mean, it seems like it would be a, 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 a good for their sales if they opened it up a little bit more. Exactly. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And then, uh, Bruce, you've got uh, you got a big storm coming in for your snowmobile. When's your snowmobile uh, uh, deal? February 21st. Oh, okay. Looks like you got... I'm in Colorado right now in Utah, Wyoming, Colorado. We need snow out here. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was just through there. I've got a place up in Idaho and uh, not getting much snow this year and and it's been really mild yeah real real mild i won't say here in kremlin colorado it it was seven this morning it's going up to 32 but 32 with sunshine is actually pretty nice but um, hardly any snow hardly any snow yeah well hopefully uh hopefully that comes through um hey i i i I guess it's none of my business so i was going to ask you guys a personal question because this this year, I'm going to try to uh, uh, use DuckDuckGo and get rid of Google and um, sort of go with that secondary economy. Do you guys follow Dan Bongino at all? I do not. 
Uh, not really, no. no I, uh, I listen to him when he's on Fox. Is he not on Fox anymore? No, he's not on Fox anymore, but he's got a podcast uh, that is uh, just is probably the number one live podcast. I mean, he gets 100,000 people on his little chat pretty much daily now, you know, 90,000, 100, 105,000 people, which is a lot of people, you know. And um, uh, so, so, so the, the, I, really, I really enjoy it, but he's got a, he's got a secondary, um, you, you know, so, so if you get canceled by the left, they'll even go as far as to close your bank accounts and, and uh, limit what Visa or MasterCards you can take, you know, the, the, the payment processors and stuff. And so he has a, um, a payment processing. Um, I don't remember the name of it because I don't take Visa because there's no reason to, but um, for me, but um, I, I wondered if you guys had ever, and, and I guess it's it's less money than the than the, the, the ones that you're, you're probably using now. I just wondered if you guys ever considered uh, going with uh, a payment processor like that that can't, where you can't be canceled, you know? We haven't thought about it. We, we've been through the payment processing problems for the last decade. We have been canceled simply for selling supplements, believe it or not. You did? Yeah, we, we yeah, had no, a, They'll do anything for you. Yeah, we, we, had to, we had to scramble. And it, the goofy thing was we were able to set up a separate account with the same processor, and then we were fine. But we've been through this multiple times. You know, the, the kind of secondary economy, more conservative kind of thing, because it always seems like they're targeting conservatives. There's been talk of a, a, the freedom phone, I think they were calling it. You know, you've got the, the browsers that are supposedly more secure and they don't share all your information. You got to start... I, you could get a different payment processor, and in today's world, your bank could cancel you. We've seen that happen. Right. So it, I, I think you will see these companies being developed over time. And I know Bongino's been a pretty big um, proponent of yeah. creating these secondary, more conservative companies. But I, I haven't tried any of them. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I'm I'm gonna go from Verizon as soon as I pay this last uh, this last bill off. I've got one more where there's phones on there, and then go to that. Um, I forget the Patriot Mobile, what it's called, and I'm gonna yeah. try to give them a shot. I mean, it's fifty dollars cheaper too, but that's not the reason, you know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, just try to get you know, go with more with Rumble and away from. I mean, nobody loves to watch those YouTube YouTube shorts uh, more than I do. You know, guys making their own. You know, while Pete was talking about making your own uh, or uh, using Bobo's tools to fix their cars. You know, and guys uh, welding parts together uh, just to get into tight areas that uh, because you need a specialty tool. You know, on those stupid YouTube shorts, they always you never know what you're going to get. You know. You know, and, uh, but try to go with Rumble. Personally, these things are are fairly easy. Uh, as a business, they're a lot more difficult. Uh, one, try to get the kind of following on Rumble that you could create on YouTube. Really difficult, and that matters. Um, the other thing is, I can't imagine how much chaos I would create in our company if we had to switch all of our payment processors, all of our banks, and all of our phones. I can't even imagine the chaos we would create. Right, and that's what they're—that's what they're—that's what they're counting on. I know. That's why they do it, what they do. Right. You know, it's—it's it's not. I'm not saying it's—it's—it's. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, uh, and it, it's so so much more convenient, to, you know, to learn a new browser or to to uh, you know, uh, especially you know, when you got two button two buttons you hit for for whatever you're doing, uh, driving down the road, as opposed to having to pull over and figure out what what the hell oh, yeah, is going on. Yeah, you know. I'm not saying I wouldn't make the change. We've looked into it at times, but there would have to be a lot of pressure before. Like I said, it, it's not just us. We would create chaos for our customers. There, there's almost Denver no way around and everybody it. else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, um, speaking of uh, the, I, ha I had an 80, I think it was an 84 Volkswagen Rabbit. And uh, I, I, I kick myself daily that I don't still have it. I, I had to go buy, I think I paid $600 for it. Run for years. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I saw, 
My, I, my girlfriend's car blew up, uh, so uh, sent that over to the junkyard because it was more money to fix the motor than it was to uh, than it was worth, you know. And so I had my excursion that had the V10 in there, and it's down at the uh, Nevada house. And I'm like, oh my god, this thing! <laughs> and she's she's like 50 miles from town. Literally cost you know 43 dollars a day just to go into town. You know, and I'm like, oh, we got to do something about this. So I got a Hyundai um, Elantra hybrid, and so it runs on. And you don't plug it in, so it just runs off the battery or the motor, you know. And uh, I'll be damned that thing's not getting 52 miles a gallon. Yeah. That's... So, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm going to miss my uh, excursion on occasion. I mean, you, you know, try to put a desk in it, though, you know. Yeah. So, anyway, all right, guys, that's all I had. I just hope everybody has a good uh, new year and, uh, you know, things have, things have to get better and make sure you go out there and vote when you can this year because uh, every year we say this is the this might be the last uh, chance we have. I know. But I'm pretty sure this is the last chance we have. Uh, see, it so, seems like, right. uh, yeah, we're, we're almost there. Let's go to Mississippi. PJ, welcome to the program. Hey, how are you guys doing? Kevin, Peter, uh, who do I, Bruce, Leroy, I, I hope that uh, 2024 goes way better than you guys even planned. So Good. first off, just wanted to say that. Uh, yeah, my, I'm PJ. I'm, I'm, I actually live in Canada. Uh, I called one time before previously. I actually spoke with you, Kevin, about uh, why you got out of the FedEx ground business, because that's something that I'm uh, oh, yeah. uh, looking, to, yeah, looking to get into that sometime. Actually, Hopefully this year is the year that I get my green card. Let's see how this red tape, uh, if we can finally cut this red tape and finally get the green card. Okay. And I'm planning to move down. Yeah, and I'm planning to move down to the Charlotte area. So I'm going to be starting a trucking company, whether it is FedEx Ground or whether it is with my own authority right. and getting through this NASPIC process and all the things that you have offered, Kevin. I'm going to be jumping right on board with that. So I'm excited about that. I have a Excellent. quick question hey, for the boys at Pittsburgh. Real, real quick. Yep. Uh, I yeah. almost ended up at the Charlotte hub. So when I started with FedEx, I was in Northeast Ohio and I had the Akron terminal, which is just a small terminal. And I was the only contractor there. I had three trucks at the terminal. Right. When I moved, my two choices were Charlotte and Jacksonville. And I made trips back and forth to both of them and talked to the terminal managers. And Charlotte was almost the choice. And then I decided I wanted the weather in Florida. You know, if I, if I was in Florida, the farthest north I was really going to go um, on single runs was South Carolina. So you're not going to deal with a lot of bad weather. If I was in Charlotte, I would have been going north up into Ohio and other places. So I chose Florida. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes Yeah, me, me coming down from Canada, anything is better. Any weather is better than what I have up there. So that's right. We'll, 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 be, we'll, be, moving on, we'll be moving on up by going down. So it's all good in that sense. Um, yeah, I just had a quick couple of quick questions. Cause, so now I'm liquidating a bunch of stuff in Canada. I got a couple of cars. As far as the catalyst, um, can I, I guess this would be towards Bruce. Bruce has a, I just heard he has an Audi. I just picked up an Audi RS6 2018, the wagon, and I picked up a SQ5 for my wife, the, uh, the crossover, whatever SUV. Both of them 2018. Those are both okay with the catalyst to be running, right, Bruce? That's correct. Okay, fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get them yet. They're going to come in in the next couple of weeks. I just got, I just bought them. I just figured I'd up, upgrade cars before we move because for some reason, Audis are very, very expensive in the, the United States compared to Canada. So I just figured I'd grab them here and I'll move them down there when I come down. And another quick question I had uh, about the, the shop, uh, Pittsburgh Power. Do you guys, I don't know if this is going to be an option, but I think it might be because I'm going to want to run a trucking company and maybe FedEx Ground combined. Do, do you guys do axle, like if I get the drive, uh, a regular tractor with the double, with the two uh, drive axles, do you guys do conversions to axles at all? Do you do work with axles that I could lift them? I could have the option to lift my axles. Would you guys do conversions like that? Or, what, or, or would I have to look for other options for that? No, we can put a lift axle in. Okay, fantastic. Because I, I don't know how the specs will be. I guess I'll learn uh, the, more, the more I research, but I think uh, running FedEx ground 
I think it'll be most of the time with the axle up. And if I'm running a business that uh, needs a little bit more conversion for the double axle for the drives, I'll just use the double axle. Okay, so that's, that's good as well. So otherwise, I just wanted to call and say I'm excited about this year. I, I wish the best for all you guys. I wish I could go to Colorado to have some fun this year, but I got to make some money to uh, pay for these cars and businesses and stuff. But yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. And I'm excited about hearing about the, the, the coaching, Kevin, and, and I'm going to excited to meet up, meet up with Nastic. So I guess I'm just excited. That's about it. And I just want the call to say happy new year to you guys. Excellent. Happy new year. Thanks for the call. Let's, uh, let's go to Ohio. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. What's on your mind today? Uh, I've got a couple of resources for Pete. Pete, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there are a couple of master uh, Volvo mechanics that were among the best they had in their dealerships that have shops. I have one Volvo, too, in addition to, to uh, well, two Volvos, but one that's uh, an emission Volvo in addition to my Freightliner. And uh, they are excellent. Both of them are excellent. Paramount truck service in High Point. Um, that is uh, that is Clint Bankston is the uh, is the owner there. He has a good crew there. Plus he he works on the engines himself too. Uh, they're like y'all. They're they're reasonable with their hourly rate, but they know what to go look for where you're not eating up your hours by like you are in a dealership at two hundred and thirty dollars an hour. So uh, so you know they they're reasonable. They're like y'all are. They're very reasonable. Very good shop. And you know they have very good outcomes. Like you said, they uh, uh, you know some, they, they they do follow the software, uh, and they both uh, he he had he was a master mechanic in Volvo shops, so he was able to get all the they have all the all the different uh, uh, tools and everything they need. Mm-hmm. That's that's in High Point, and then in Kenosha, um, it's always been called Diesel Brothers uh, Truck Service. Patrick Philman is the uh, master mechanic and owner there. He has a good crew there. Uh, they just cha- had to change their name the first of the year because of copyright. Diesel Brothers <laughs> was copyrighted already in Wisconsin, so they're now Brisk Truck Repair there in Kenosha. Those two are excellent. There's another good one out in California named Nick. He's in. Uh, they're all in the Volvo Truck Masters group. That's uh, that's uh, Joel, Joel, one of Joel's maintenance groups there for Volvo. Uh, so yeah, there is there is a hope and. and uh, that I like to mention is they're both in my route. Uh, you know, my route's from North Carolina to Wisconsin and back. So uh, I'm, I'm able to use them for Volvo up in those areas. Uh, so if you get, get some folks that need to go somewhere, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people in the tribe use them uh, for Volvo issues, you know, for Volvo engines and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm glad to see there are some. Yeah, they are glad to see there are some. Because like I said, there are very few Pittsburgh Powers around. There are very few... Freightliner independent shops also, you know, uh, or, or, DD, or Detroit. Um, you know, you got a few, I mean, but they're like company shops like W.W. Williams. And you may or you may not get a great tech there. You know, that's why I like small in, independent shops like y'all and them is because uh, y'all have the, the y'all have the right people that will troubleshoot and find out a problem, not just look at a computer and throw a part at it. Right. So, uh, and that's, so we do. That's why we appreciate we appreciate you guys for, for that, and uh, like I appreciate them for the Volvo side. And uh, like I say, they they uh, you're definitely gonna you might have some more calls today. Because there are a lot of people in our tribe that that have Volvos that have been very happy. I've never I've used them several times, never had any issues. Just like my Pittsburgh Power uh, times have used you guys uh, same way. So, but uh, we appreciate everything you guys do, and hope y'all have a happy New Year. All right. Happy New Year. Uh, that's going to do it for our calls. We'll, uh, we'll wait a minute or so here. If you want to jump in, phone lines are open, 855-950-3835. Anybody have anything they want to talk about for a minute or two while we wait for a call? We might want to wrap this up today. I think calls are going to be a little slow this week anyway, and I have a lot of work to get back to. Uh, anybody have anything they want to close with? I just saw a T-shirt that said, want to make everything electric? And it had a picture of Clint Eastwood with his cigar hanging out of his mouth. It said, start with the southern border wall. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I like that. Oh, I like that. You, what about uh, General Motors buying back 50% of the Buick dealers? There, there's Did a lot of that? weird stuff going on in the automotive business right now. Talking to a guy that owns six car dealerships in the Baltimore area, he has, he has since sold them all. Uh, he was telling me how bad it will be. Uh, they'll just send you anything. They'll send you boxes of brochures. And he said, nobody looks at brochures anymore because everything's online. And and uh, I questioned the Audi dealer in Annapolis. I said, why are you buying so many black cars and dark gray? He said, that's what they send us. <laughs> we don't have a control over that. So. It sounds like they, they were forced to uh, inventory a whole bunch of electric vehicles, too, that didn't work out so well. That's right. A lot of the um, dealerships that are refusing to buy the electric cars are getting their dealership shanked from them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's ugly in the car industry right now. The, 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 you know, they're going to have to put something on, on the floor that doesn't sell. It's proven they're not selling them at the same rate as uh, gasoline engines. All new training for the techs. Yep. New tolls. I mean, that's quite an expense for a, especially a small dealership to take on. It's huge. Yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy. Uh, that that whole industry is a mess right now. So in Western Pennsylvania, we have just taken down. Pete, was it three or four power plants? One was nuclear. And the other ones were coal fired. Homer City, Springdale. Uh, shipping support, that was the nuclear one. And when I questioned about shipping port, why are they shutting it down? They said, well, it's just outdated. Well, yeah, it was built back around 72, 73, but why didn't they keep updating it yeah. as time went on? I agree. You know, if you don't update, if you don't update your semi truck, it's going to wear out. But if you keep everything maintained and, and replace parts whenever the time comes, it'll run for three million miles or more. Yeah. Why aren't we doing that with our power plants? Um, I agree. There, there seems to be a plan. We may see some of that this year. It, we did. It, yeah, uh, I, mean, I think something's going to happen this year. If you want to promote everything electric, you better be able to make electric. Yeah, and, and we're not doing anything to be able to do that. So, all right, we are going to wrap this up for today. I uh, will see you back here tomorrow for Destination Health. It's a uh, regular schedule for the rest of the week, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another Power Hour. Thanks to the team from Pittsburgh Power. Have a great day. Let's... Uh, Let's get 2024 started off right. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.